welcome to Transition Podcast. My name is Noma. Let's chat, people. Welcome to Transition Podcast, Sum to Equi of the Sum to Equi Podcast. Woohoo! Know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the month of August, I took, I decided to do something on bitterness actually because you know for me it was more of like a personal journey and reflection and I also felt like it would be something that perhaps one or two people could connect with because um bitterness is something that I think happens to the to the best of us and if it's not happening to us it's something that we are trying to with the help of God, like contend with and not allow it into our hearts and things like that. So I started with, well, not I started, you know, the series, this is the fourth and final one. And it's been in the book of Ruth, focusing on Naomi in particular. Um, so in the part one, I established what can cause bitterness um, and some of the things that I mentioned was when we believe that, you know, we are finished, you know, it's over for us, like what Naomi was saying, how she had left full and now she had returned empty. Um, another thing that can cause bitterness is when we compare our lives with other people, because Naomi had said to Ruth and Oprah, when she said to them that she had lost far more than they had. Mm. So bitterness can come when we look at people's lives versus our own and we think you know we have gotten a or an unfair deal type of thing so that was a part one so just to establish it and to say like look bitterness is, is not an excuse but it can make sense it can be justified because there are things that happen that can warrant those kind of or that kind of emotion mm. and then the part two was how bitterness sounds like and you know we unpacked that as well so for this one let me not go into all of them in that detail but for this <laughs> one in particular i wanted you to sort of like even navigate the conversation but what we're talking about is how to have a good attitude when we're in a difficult space um and why that is actually even important so then i'll chip in you know yeah, how, how this goes to back and forth. Yeah. First, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I try to catch up on, on every, on all the episodes, and what stood out to me, it is almost the process, the hidden process or hidden steps you're starting to unravel for most people. You mentioned last month or the previous month, you yeah, talked on forgiveness. Right, if mm-hmm. I if I got that correctly, and what? then bitterness. <laughs> somebody is following. I said somebody is following. <laughs> hey, come on! <laughs> you're talking about forgiveness, and then we are talking about now bitterness. And I would think the next step, and this is not me putting you in a tight spot, hmm. will be about healing, and I. I believe your personal experience would even mirror what we are what we are talking about right now. And why I say that is when you forgive, you're sometimes left with the residual feelings. Mm. 
Mm. And that's what leads to bitterness. Mm. Whether you actually truly forgave Mm -hmm. or whether you're forgiven in faith, whether you're walking through your forgiveness, you're actually still left with some residue, some leftover. And when it festers, it leads to bitterness. You also talked about how bitterness is synonymous with resentment, resentment to God, resentment to people or resentment to self. And I believe you could have done another month just talking about those three different categories of resentment. (laughs) And when all this is said and done, when you're finally able to deal with bitterness, when you're finally able to let go of resentment, because in dealing with bitterness, what you're actually working on is the letting go of resentment. The next step would then be healing. So not to put too much on you, just to tell you, you are in some way uncovering the proverbial 12 steps of recovery that most of, <laughs> <laughs> that most of all these, these um, support groups have you're uncovering one right out of the Bible. And I'm sure if we spent more time, we could create a blueprint that people who are in this situation, people who are dealing with pain, disappointment, could use to get out of it. That being said, I too want to sing. Since we're close, we started the whole, uh, the whole series by singing. Okay. Holy Spirit, moving now. I remember that. I yeah. do want to sing. <laughs> okay, okay. Clap so let's play out the vocals. Clap the but stage. actually, the, so- the song I want to sing is actually a song that has helped me a lot. I'll sing the song, and I'm sure you know it. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle, never lost a battle. And I know, yes, I know, you never will. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle, never lost a battle. And I know, I know you'll always win. And that's the truth about it. You asked, how do we keep a positive mindset through all we're going to through? Is to remember that with God, no battle is lost. The difficulty is keeping that perspective through it all. It's keeping that perspective through it all that is actually the battle here. You know, sometimes I think it's very anticlimactic. We know we win, but our flesh and our need for control and our need for self-gratification we want it to come quickly and if it's not coming quickly we want daily updates like we're in a corporate meeting i want (laughs) i want daily updates on how we're doing how is progress going and many fathers and mothers and teachers of faith have come to realize from lived experiences that that is really not the case that is really not the case 
So how do you do it? I'm reminded of a scripture in the Bible. I can't remember it now. And maybe you can put down the scriptures when you go back to rework and re-edit this. David said, once have you spoken, twice I have heard. And when God speaks, sometimes you have to be the one to go back and call it back into remembrance as many times as you can, as many times as you require. You know, I also have gone through some difficult spells that you may not believe. And one of the things the Spirit told me was, every word of God is for a season, but it's guarantee and its validity is for a lifetime. Yeah. Every word of God is for a season, but its validity, its use, and its guarantee is for a lifetime. So if God gave me a word two years ago, because I was dealing with financial hardships of he will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. And it was a revelatory word for me at that time. It doesn't mean five years later, I remember the word. And I know a lot of Christians, if I fall into this, the rule of one out of 10 respond the same way. Someone else may have fallen into this trap where they remember a scripture God gave them 10 years ago, but it doesn't feel fresh. You know, mm. we, we want the fresh one. We want, we want the new thing. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about the word of God. There's another scripture, I believe in Hebrews, it said the word of the Lord is alive and powerful. Another version says ever fresh. Another version says ever new. Mm. So one of the ways that we could keep a positive perspective or a good mindset is to take the word that he may have given us years ago and allow him breathe freshness into it. One of the pastors I listen to a lot, I don't know if we're allowed to name drop here, so I won't name him. He, can. Oh, okay, I can. Okay, so Pastor Poju Oyemade, uh, Covenant Nation, he said, whatever battle you're going through now, the weapon for the battle is not going to be given to you then. It was already given to you. Because if the weapon for the battle is going to be given to you at that point, it means God is reactive. But every weapon that you're going to need to fight a battle, God drops it in your arsenal months or years before. We are the ones that may be out of spiritual laziness or short-sightedness. We did not develop that weapon, that arsenal, right? So it's very important. Two things, I'll take a break so you can jump in and just share your thoughts. So two things is one, the song I sang, remember that victory is always the end game. Remember that the, the, the words to fight this battle has already been given to you. As, as mundane and, and rinsed out John 3.16 is, John 3.16 is one of the most powerful scriptures you can use in the midst of battle. Oh. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish. So this battle, I will not perish in this battle because God so loves me. There's a scripture in Romans that said, he, God, that did not give up his own son, he did not hold him back, Jesus, and gave up, gave up his own son to die for us. How will he, God, with him, Jesus, not freely give us all things? When you start to meditate on the scripture, it leads you to another scripture, it leads you to another scripture. And then your faith begins to build. So off the bat, these are two ways I will encourage people to, one, keep a positive mentality, outlook or, or mental space when dealing, dealing with this, these battles. Yeah, 
I like what you said in terms of this having like reminding yourself of the of the word so to speak but i would even add to that reminding yourself and i think it's quite similar but reminding yourself who god is who he is because i remember so i just <laughs> let me brag a little <laughs> so i just finished reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> i just finished reading the book of nehemiah so i first read the book of judges i was like whoa i was blown away and then i was listening to um a pastor, I can't even remember his name now, something Jenkins, but he's a Amer- Black American pastor. And um, and he was talking about, he was preaching from the book of Nehemiah, chapter, I think it was chapter three. And then he was like, oh, I will encourage, you know, anyone to read, read Nehemiah. It's a really like an enlightening part of the, the Bible. So I said, okay, let me do that. And there's a particular chapter in it. I noticed something, even when, when Nehemiah had heard that, um, Jerusalem, you know, was in tatters and all of that. When he was taking his lamentation to God, he spent a, cons- a, a considerable amount of time declaring who God was, mm. declaring that God was gracious, that he mm. was full of unfailing love, that he, you know, mm. spent time. And that really struck me because it who who God is to you determines what you will believe about where you are. True, because that's scripture. You need to say that again. You need to say that again. (laughs) No, no, George. You need to say that again. (laughs) Well, I, I think I said that you know who God is to you determines what you believe about where you are, and the Mm -hmm. scripture that comes to mind to me, you know, when I say that is there's a part in the Psalms I can't remember where, where I think it's David, the Psalm of David, where he says, "To the pure, you show yourself pure." you know, to the upright, you show yourself upright and says to the, to the wicked, you show yourself um, hostile. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whatever you think God is, that is who he is to you. And that's why people have different understanding of God. That's, you know, wh- wh- mm-hmm. especially people who are not in, you know, in the faith, you know, mm-hmm. when you want to ask about God, their own opinion is often something negative because in their heads, because they, con- they think of God in a negative way, they process mm. everything that happens that is connected to God in that mm. negative way as well. So, yeah. um, so what I did after I read the so that chapter read in Nehemiah just spends time like utilizing God. You move again into Nehemiah chapter nine, and Nehemiah chapter nine is when the children of Israel, after the the law had been read to them in I think in chapter eight, and they started to weep, and that's where we have that whole you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength and do not, you know, weep and all of that. And so they move, you move into chapter nine and then you see how, again, the children of Israel were just utilizing God, telling him who he is, reminding him and themselves of all the things he did for their ancestors, you know, what you did, how, how he delivered them from Egypt, how he did this and that. And I read that particular chapter, I think like three times because I was so enamored by the character of God. I just saw a God that is so compassionate. Is so, you know, because of the particular verse where they were like, even when they blasphemed against you, you did not abandon them. You know, and I thought <laughs> I just paused. Mm. I I was like, what manner of God? You know, this is the kind of thing when a guy is loving a girl like this and you say the guy is in <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, 
which is kind of like you know when you even think of Hosea in the in the Bible and Goma and all that you know it's like what what are you doing? She doesn't deserve all these things you're pouring, you know, all this way you're showing up for her, you know. Um, so I really do think so. For me, what what I then did after I read that was on the 16th, I think, so I finished reading that, uh, I think maybe second week of August or something, but on the 16th of August, I went into like my prayer slash, you know, Bible journal, mm. and I just wrote some scriptures where that talks about who God is. Mm. So what I started doing was, so I wrote the ones I will be saying in the night, and I wrote the ones I'll be declaring in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, every time I do it, regardless of how I felt when I, when I, you know, went into that space, by the time I finished reading or, you know, saying those things, I feel good. I just, some sort of hope just comes into my heart. And, you know, it's, it's that thing where you said about knowing that we win, you know, the hope that, okay, I am in the hands of a God who is gracious, a God who is compassionate, you know, a God who is, who loves me. So whatever it looks like is going to end well. So yeah, I just yeah. So I wanted to add that. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing to to truly sit and consider and contemplate after they blasphemed. Growing up, I'm sure you can remember they told us that the greatest thing you could do was to blaspheme against yeah. against God. But despite that. It just I reminds me. Yeah, it just reminds me. It's worth being blown away. <laughs> <laughs> I was blown, blown away. Um, so what other things? So we've talked about, um, you know, scripture. We've talked about picturing of God. So mm-hmm. if we, and that is top priority. So now if we, we move away from that, what other things can we do to have a positive? So we've talked about what we do in our relationship with God. What mm-hmm. next? This is this is a faith a faith based podcast. So everything I'm going to say is going to be tied to faith and, and God and scripture. And that this is not a disclaimer. This is not me trying to say this or disclaim no no, because that's the only way to get through this. Yeah. I don't know how the world gets through 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 <laughs> disappointments or heartbreaks. I have an idea of how they do, because I won't sit here and lie that. I haven't tried some of their remedies. Whatever vices gets you that dopamine hit. And life, circular life, and even biblical life would let you know that those means only end in one way. Hmm. So when I say I do not understand how people get through this without Jesus, without faith, right? It's the only way I know how. That being said, I want us to acknowledge a couple of things here. Whenever you're going through a spell where you feel disappointed, where you feel heartbroken, where you feel really let down, it's important to feel those emotions. It's important to have those feelings. It's important to go through, like they say, go through those emotions. Trying to sit on it or trying to sweep it under the carpet is not helping. I'll cite two examples again, biblical examples. When Saul was dethroned, uh, when, when God said he had taken the kingdom away from Saul, Samuel cried. Samuel went through the emotions and God spoke to him and said, how long will you go through this? That implies God let him go through it for a while. 
there's a process of mourning that you must go through. There's a process of getting it out of your system. However, we cannot stay in that place for too long or else we just go into a spiral. Yeah. And the deeper we go, the harder it would be for us to come out. I was talking to Andy one day and he said, whenever you're in that spot where you know this is a trigger that's going to lead to a slopey place, mm. you just have to run from whatever running looks like. You mentioned running for you is you have those those scriptures and, and the text and the words that you declare or recite. Mm. Whatever is that defense against that trigger, you have to do it immediately. Yeah. So it's very important for you to understand that being disappointed and going through those emotions is not sin. Asking God the why question. A lot of times we've been told not to ask God why, but another person from the Bible asked God why, and that was Joshua when mm. they went to battle against the, the city of Ai and they were defeated and he came back and was asking God why in his own way and God didn't strike him down God was stern about it God said because you God didn't say this but the way the exchange went you came and asked me the reason for your failure this is the reason for your failure yeah. we must know that God does not want us to stay in that place it is not God's intention for us to stay there he may use it to prune us. He may use it to teach us. He may use it to bring us back to him. But it's never his intention for us to stay there. So this is what I say. Acknowledge the feelings. I always acknowledge when I go through that, that phase. I always acknowledge when I go through that phase. Yeah. The second thing I do is advice I gave to someone years ago that has haunted me ever since I go through dips in, in this journey called life. Try as much as you can to keep the routine going, mm. to keep the discipline going. Mm. If you spread your Bible and prayed every day, try to do it. Even if as you're reading it, it's like water on the back of a dock is not going in. <laughs> just, just continue the routine. Even if you're in church and you're checking your phone and reading the rejection emails, just be in that atmosphere. Mm. Even if it's, oh, you usually in your high times, you could stay in the place of worship for one hour. Take a playlist from whatever Spotify or iPhone and sit there. Play. You, you don't have to sing, but just as much as you can, keep the routine and the discipline going. Because when you break from that routine and discipline, this is the human psychology. It's always hard to get back into that flow. Yeah. But when you keep that flow, even when your heart is not in it, even when you're distracted while you're doing it, when hope starts to build again, you're then not fighting with the flesh anymore, right? You've brought your flesh under subjection, even though you are warring in your spirit. And when you win the war in your spirit, you don't have to then enter a second battle of trying to win the war in your flesh. And believe me, I'm speaking from experience. I'll just share it briefly. There was a time I used to always pray, and most recently, I used to always pray by 8.30, I mean, I was going through the rejections of, oh, why am I not working here? I realized I started looking for things to replace my 8.30 slot with God in prayer. I would use the excuse like, oh, I need to put the kids down. We no longer have help to, to help. this from this. <laughs> yeah, I used, I used excuses like, oh, I'm not spending enough time with my wife. And she feels like anytime I'm done for pre from prayer, the next thing is bed. I need to cultivate that relationship. I looked for any possible reason not to until one day I was convicted in my heart about this advice I gave someone. 
as much as you can maintain the routine. If it was one hour, you could only do 30 minutes or 10 minutes, maintain the routine until the spirit grows in strength, faith comes back in, and then you power through. So one, acknowledge that you're in pain, acknowledge you're disappointed, acknowledge you're let down, but do not stay there. Maintain every routine you would have continued while your faith was on its high and power through those routines. Yeah. I agree with that because um, I know that, especially with mom, whenever, back then, you know, whenever I was g- going through my, my moments and things like that, mom will say things like, keep yourself busy, do this, do, you know, like avoid avoid that feeling and I know sometimes people do that because they feel like in avoiding it you don't it doesn't pull you under because it can actually like just take you down 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 and then there was a film I watched and the film depicted it so well so this lady things had happened to her and she just became numb and then she just one day she got back from I think work or whatever and she just lay on the couch. And the longer she laid on the couch, she just started sinking into the couch until she was now in right inside the couch. Mm. And I liked that look because sometimes that is what it is. Like when you allow yourself get into that emotion, like slowly, mm. slowly, slowly, it just has to pull you, to pull you, to pull you. And sometimes, unfortunately, the things that then happen, the decisions that most people make in that state Sometimes it's actually life and death, to be honest, you know. Um, but I do agree with you because for me, I, I actually prefer to allow myself feel that that feeling. I don't want to be I don't want to be busy type of thing. Like if I feel like just lying in bed, and if I can actually do that, I'll do it. And eventually, you know that okay, you have to come out of it. And for me personally, one thing that helps me. Um, stepping away now from prayer and things like that, one thing that helps me is talking about it, mm. right? Just putting it out there in light. Mm. Uh, and so I, I, that's what I would actually encourage people to do. And I, that's something I've been saying even with every episode I've done on this bitterness thing. I've said, look, try to have people in your life that you can talk to. And I think that Naomi benefited a lot from having Ruth because when we look at the day that Ruth decided one day and she's like I'm going to go out to work and she came back and then she told Ruth and Ruth told Naomi sorry oh I went to the you know Naomi's like where did you get all these things from and then Ruth tells the story of oh I went to this field and this man said immediately now what does Naomi say Naomi is like ah that is a family relation and then her mind starts to work her mind starts to work and then from there she starts coming up with a strategy okay do this okay do that and I feel like when you have people that you can talk to something comes alive in you you're able to see an you know you're able to see that situation in a new light you're able to you know, get hope, something just leap inside of you. Okay, this thing might actually work. Okay, this thing is not that bad. Or okay, you know, I, I can still hang on type of thing, you know. So I would also add to your list to say, get people that you can talk, you can share these things with. Um, so, 
yeah get people that you can share these things with a hundred percent it's it's very important and i don't want us to dwell so much on on it because i believe the people who are listening would understand but just in case they don't you need to be very careful about who you're talking to and the people you get to talk to talk to you need to be talking to people like you rightly mentioned who can help you Mm. naomi immediately was a was a reservoir of insights and ideas on what to do next. Don't go and surround yourselves with people that just want to talk about, uh, forgive me, men are scum, or <laughs> talk about yes. you know that every girl, oh every girl, God. every girl soft is a life for life. Soft life. <laughs> yeah, don't go and surround yourself with people that just want to continue to throw, or uh, let me use the word regurgitate whatever you say. You mm. need to be around people who want to, who take what you say and try to build on it for your benefit. Okay, men are scum, so and let's do this. Mm. Oh, all women are okay, and let's do that. In fact, just a quick detour. If I could attack conversations, the next thing I want to attack, and I'm just building Arsenal, is that that high people get from pitching men against women, and they're never really solving anything. They're just oh. throwing more gasoline on the fire. But let's come back to transition. Uh, <laughs> and those people... No, but I have to also say, the funniest thing is two things. Number one, those there was a time on Twitter, there was one lady who was into all this men are scum, men, man bashing and stuff. This was some years ago, like 2018, 2019. It turned out that by the time people found out that this lady who was saying all this, and she was saying it because it was trendy and she started getting a lot of followers. She was happily married. Yeah, yeah. But she never... Let's, 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 let's not go off on this. And I think in your description, <laughs> you need to write at some point at the 34th or 36th minutes, we went off tangent. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put the disclaimer there. But back to what you're saying about the people, you need to make sure you're talking to people who can help yeah. you. I love the way you brought out um, insight into how Naomi's mind started to work. And yes. if Ruth didn't go to the right person to share what had happened, she wouldn't have had the next steps to take or the next actions. It's it's an important point you, you brought out from that yeah. story. Yes, because Naomi went from thinking it's over for me to telling Ruth. By the time Ruth came back and said, oh, I got this from so, 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 so. And then she's like, okay, what I need to do is I need to get you a husband that is what i need to do so immediately she realized that she had purpose she had mm. it was over there was something she needed to do and mm. and it's important like when we're going through that disappointment we may not like it but honestly it what what god can use it to do in your life and in the life of someone else like for me like you touched on you know it's so funny that you talked talked about going into healing because September September is like a milestone in how long my own journey has been. It's getting to a milestone year. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was already contemplating that. I've never really like talked about it. And I was contemplating maybe I should do something where I just kind of like unpack it, not in detail, but certain aspects of what mm -hmm. this journey has been, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, Naomi just she just realized that, look, this is what I can do for you. And the, the, and I know people, it's sort of like a cliche, but it's like our pain has a purpose. We, we don't like it, true. But when we entrust it to God, he, he repurposes it for something more meaningful. You know, can I jump in here? Yeah. 
not to correct what you said because it's true the pain as as the saying is popular in, in christian circles that pain has purpose but i don't understand why people talk about pain because would god actually let you go through pain intentionally no. so the analogy no 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 don't no, don't don't again i started by saying i'm not trying to correct well, yeah. the thought process is right because the way you said no it sounded like if i just poured water on that highly intellectual <laughs> moment <Yeah. laughs> but what how i see it now and the spirit gave me the analogy so when you go to work out they always tell you to add more weights, right? Add more weights, dumbbells. When you've done 3 kg for a while, then go up to 5 kg. When you've done 5 for a while, 8, 8, 10. But here's what they'll always tell you. If you start to feel pain, mm. go down a weight class. So if at 5 kg you start to feel pain, go down a weight class. They go further to then clarify the difference between pain and tension, the muscle tension or the muscle stress. Because when you're feeling muscle stress, they actually tell you, go an extra rep, go an extra round, because it means your muscles are actually tearing up so that they can regrow, rejoin. I'm not into muscular science. (laughs) And they then tell you the difference between that growth, which is a stress growth, versus pain. When you have stress growth, it's because you're doing the right motion and your body has reached its, its current limit and is trying to break into the new level. When you're in pain, two things are happening. They either tell you your form is wrong, meaning you're not holding the weight in the right way, okay. right? Or, or your, your position is wrong and you're causing more harm than good because muscle is not growing. And you're most likely going to end up with an, with, with an injury, a muscle injury. So what I tell p- myself, not people, I won't lie here, is when I hear, God, your pain is your purpose, I, I translate it to the stress. That stress is the opportunity to grow. I've not found something cool that has an S and S sound <laughs> and purpose, but the, you, you get me. So I wasn't saying the idea or thought behind it is wrong i was saying i don't understand why people are adverse because i'm adverse to pain jabez in his prayer said he doesn't want to cause pain that's true so i'm adverse to pain i don't want pain but what i do want is the stress that comes with growing i remember you and i talked about this two two or three years ago about the pruning where someone is being pruned right there's there's that there's that there's that thing you need to deal with in the pruning but we actually do not know that pruning hurts a tree it looks like it hurts but the tree cannot tell us itself if this actually hurts or it actually feels like when you're scratching the right part of the back and there's Mm -hmm. that relief of oh finally i was watching a video of an animal that was trying to its horns were trying to grow something and how it gets relief is by scratching its horns on a sharp object like a tree or, or a stone or anything and while to me it looked like a painful experience, to the animal it may have been a relaxing experience, like oh my my like itching. But let, let's not dwell on that. The whole point was <laughs> the pain aspect. I understand why people are adverse to pain, but we shouldn't be adverse to the stress that comes from growing, the stress that comes from being in a place where our character is being formed. Funny thing, we've gone. I don't know what the, the minute mark was supposed to be on this, 
but there are a couple of scriptures that I'm going to share in my own podcast, shameless plug, in my yes. own podcast <laughs> that talks about really also what these sort of trying experiences, the purpose of most of these trying experiences we go through. And it has reshaped the way I even pray now in experiences. I will just leave this and then hand it over to you. What I then pray for now is for my character to be developed and for me to grow in in certain aspects of the fruit of the spirit or areas I'm lacking. I am no longer focused on the destination and the outcome because I know it is certain. What I'm focused on is what I should learn in the journey. So on the six-hour flight, am I meant to talk to the guy sitting close to me? Am I meant to watch a movie I haven't watched before? Am I meant to try a new new item on the menu? I'm using an, a flight as an example. But what are you meant to be doing in this journey if you know the destination is sure? So yeah, that, that's where my mind has been at the last couple of days. But yeah, over to you on the transition. <laughs> <laughs> so for, so what I would, I would add to that and then we can tie it up is when just going back to the book of Ruth, and then we see that at the end, um, unfortunately, I don't have my Bible around me, so I'll just paraphrase that last chapter where we see that um, Boaz, who was the relative that you know Ruth had gone to his field, and Naomi got excited saying, Oh, he's a relative, he's a family redeemer, we can, you know, you can. I can get you to him, so to speak, to, for him to be your husband and all of that. So we see that by the time Ruth and Boaz get together, um, Ruth conceives Obed. And mm. the Bible says that the woman rejoiced with Naomi, saying that God had given Naomi a son. Yeah. And the Bible then says that Naomi nursed him. There's a particular um, version that says she nursed him. Mm. And what was beautiful for that is two things. So number one, when for the, for those who don't know, so Obed is the father of Jesse, who and Jesse is the father of David, and Jesus came through that bloodline when yes. he was he became flesh. So the first thing that spoke to me was God has something bigger than you can imagine. Naomi started in chapter one thinking God has disappointed me. She even said it in one of the verses. She said, "It is the Lord Himself that has done this to me." Mm. God had something that she didn't even know was mm. coming. And I think that spoke to me a lot because when we're in that space of this is not how I thought my life would look like. This is not what I prayed for. This is not what I expected. Some, some weeks ago, um, I came across in the, in the tidying up and stuff. I came across um, a journal I had when I was 23 reading it and I started I was having so many mixed feelings about it because I was thinking oh my gosh clearly you know there was a lot of you know spirituality and scriptures and oh my life is going to be like this and that and um and one of the things that and I knew that it was actually like the enemy one of the things that came that I heard was so what has it all been worth it Mm. and I almost started sinking into that that feeling of, oh my gosh, see how on fire you were for God and look at all the things that then followed. Mm. But it's just to understand when, again, just going back to Naomi, that God has a bigger picture. One of the things like you talked about growth, one of the, I know that I haven't liked a number of the things that have happened, but I know that it has given me a depth in my character. Like I can't even 
I can't even deny that there has mm-hmm. certainly been some some sort of depth, whether it's that I've become more compassionate. Mm-hmm. I think that if certain things hadn't happened, I would have just been a very judgmental person till the very mm-hmm. end of my life. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it has made me more compassionate and it has made me more self-aware. I've, I've gotten more acquainted with my voice with, and more in touch with myself to know oh, certain things, why I was allowing certain things and why I was doing certain things and the fear that was behind a lot of the decisions I was making, especially like with relationships and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I cannot, I would not trade in all honesty, I would not trade that growth for mm-hmm. anything. Um, and then the second thing was that the Bible says that one version said that Naomi nursed this baby. So meaning that Naomi actually like breastfed him. It wasn't even Ruth who did that. And that's what I took that to mean. And it's like, whenever you think it's over for you, there's something still inside of you. There Mm. is something still inside of you. It is not over. And I was just, you know, thinking like, and one of the episodes that, you know, talked about maybe people who have, you know, a relationship that didn't go the way they thought it would go, a business that didn't go the way they thought it, they thought it would go. And they just feel like, you know, this is how my life is always going to be. You know, I'm yeah. never going to get married. I'm never going to be successful. I'm never going to have, and it's, there's something still inside of you. And, yeah. and I just felt like that is something that we, would also help us to even journey in in those difficult um, moments. Amen. Uh, amazing, amazing. The, it's, it's been an amazing journey through, through the book of Ruth and we can all learn that in the end, we, we, always, we always win just as, as long as we stay true. If we summarize it, one, remember who God is. Mm. Two, it's okay to feel those emotions, but don't, don't stay there. Three, recall the scriptures that you have been given, meditate on them, stay in that place, stay in that atmosphere, maintain the routines, maintain the schedules, even though you're not feeling it, keep working it for the right people around you, speaking to the right people around you, having a good support system, faith-based support system. And, and five, I would say encourage someone. One thing that I found helps me is when I'm in my own situation, encouraging another person always seems to make me feel feel good or makes me feel strong enough to keep going. So be a voice of encouragement. It may just be out there in your posts or it may be actually picking up the phone and calling someone. Be a voice of mm-hmm. encouragement and testify when the, when the testimony comes through because it will always... Yes, definitely inevitably come through so that is it the final episode of what's the mara and i hope you have truly been blessed and refreshed by it um it was fun sharing and it was also yeah, it, it also made me in my own personal space to be accountable, you know, because I like, okay, this is what you're sharing. And so you have to consciously practice that in your life. If you would like to get in touch with me, um, just to share what's on your heart, paraventure, you feel like you don't have anybody around you to share that with, you can reach me on transitionpodcast2020 at gmail.com. I am a good listener. Trust me. and um, 
I'm a good support system. You know, I think I have one or two people that can vouch for me on that. Um, also, this is the end of season seven. I'll be taking a break um, for like two weeks. Um, and then we'll be back with season eight, mid-September. Fingers crossed, if not mid-September, maybe towards the end of September. Um, thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And season seven, it's a wrap.